On today's episode of the Two Legit Sports Podcast, I have a, a special interviewee. This man, if you go on his Instagram, he's he's popping. If you go to his Instagram stories, you don't even have to watch ESPN. You can delete your Snapchat because this guy has all the Monday morning highlights for you. You can do your polls. He provides a lot of great content. And of course, he's got his studio show. He's got some funny guests. Make sure to check out his podcast on Apple Podcasts and Instagram. My guy, Sebi Podcast. Sebi! I don't know if I did you any justice with my intro. I tried to Michael Buffer you. I tried to Paul Heyman you a little bit. But Sebi, UCF's finest is in the building. Give it up for Sebi! <laughs> uh, thank you, Alex. Thank you, Alex. Um, thank you for being on Two Legit Sports. I'm pleased to be on the show. I- I'm excited about um, our topics today. And, man, I just want to start off, Sebi. I want to know more about you because you are, you're a UCF guy. And it's gonna get it's gonna get hot and messy because I got a lot of LSU friends, a lot of Bayou boys, and it's going down. And you know what? We're gonna start the show hot right here, right now. What do you think, Sebi? Should we go with UCF and LSU, the Fiesta Bowl? Do you have an opinion ready? Because you are a Golden Knight. You're in that lazy pool. Is that is that what it's called? Are you in that lazy river, just tanning all day, Sebi? When you're not podcasting? Well, I mean, hey, you know, you know what the the line says here in Orlando: once a night, always a night. Well, there so, you go. Yo, <laughs> enough said there. Um, this game is very interesting. Um, a lot of the LSU players, um, especially in that defensive side of the football, uh, Devon White, All American, and others, they're going to be preparing for the NFL draft, mm-hmm. but they are going to be suited up and playing. So, the thing in this matchup is UCF, like last year, do they have the same motivation going up against an SEC? a caliber team like Auburn. Do they have that same motivation from last year going undefeated 12 and 0 again um, here uh, to face an SEC monster, kind of like LSU down there in the Bayou. Mm -hmm. And it's going to be interesting. The line, I think Vegas has it at seven and a half right Right. now. Um, This game is, is interesting because UCF, although they're my team, were rated one of the worst in the NCAA against the run. And we saw what the Memphis did to us in the conference championship, and I think that um, Ed Ogeron and that LSU team are going to look at that film and try to run it down our throats, and that's what scares me because LSU is bigger, they're stronger. I think they'll try to impose their wills down inside the trenches on the offensive line and, and try to run the football. But I do think that UCF on the other side presents some problems for LSU because I'll tell you this, LSU hasn't seen a dynamic and explosive offense like this. Mackenzie mm-hmm. Milton goes down, DJ Mack junior um he's more of a dual threat runner and not the passer that mckenzie milton is um but he's still phenomenal and and really dynamic and so that's going to be a lot for an lsu defense to game plan for because when you have guys that can vertically hurt you downfield it it, it presents a problem and a nightmare for opposing defensive coordinators so that's it's going to be an interesting matchup um at the end um I am a knight, and so you I'm got to. From heart here. You got to. Uh, I, I got. I, I got. I got my knights covering. Um, not ah. sure if we'll win yet, but I do think it'll be closer than what people expect, and um, it should be a good game out there in Glendale, Arizona. I think it's going to be a great game as well, Sebastian. Uh, big boys, LSU lost to Alabama pretty bad, and Georgia's right. Georgia's other. I'm sorry, not Georgia. LSU beat Georgia. Yeah, they spanked. And LSU lost to LSU lost to A and M in that like seven overtime, seventeen hour game. That was crazy. So look, it's an SEC team against that. It's that team that okay, let's give them a shot again. You guys beat Auburn last year, so they figured okay, you know what, let's just give them another SEC team. This is like their Super Bowl. It's tough that the quarterback went down, and I believe your roster last year was better than this year. Personally, I think I the roster was better last year. I agree. Your year was last year. It sucks that you guys didn't get the shot. We can argue about an eight-team playoff after this. I'm going right. to take LSU to win, but I would not be surprised if UCF did something. The Fiesta Bowl is known for some craziness, Sebi. Boise right. State beat Oklahoma in that stadium. Okay, I, right. I, UCF is going to pull out all the tricks of the trade, I think. Go all out on the playbook, and in the end, represent the Power Five. They'll cover. I'll bet on them to cover, but LSU will sneak this out. And I'm, I'm interested right. to see if UCF will travel, Sebi. Do you think UCF will make the trip out to Glendale, Arizona for New Year's? Absolutely, undoubtedly. I just came from MCO, uh, Orlando International, mm-hmm. and there was a lot of UCF fans gearing up with their gear, uh, standing in line in security 
taking a trip to Arizona. So the the fan the Knights will come. The Knights will travel out west. So believe that. And and I'll throw another stat here at you. Um, we don't have you mentioned about Boise beating Oklahoma right. um, a couple of years ago with Kellen Moore. Um, I, I, we don't have to go far in 2014. A guy by the name of Blake Bortles in the Fiesta Bowl, he beat the Baylor Bears, that That's explosive right. Baylor Bears as well. So UCF knows how to play inside of that dome in the venue um, where the Arizona Cardinals play. And I expect them to to, to come out. Uh, again, this is another an SEC foe. Um, it's not going to be easy, mm. especially the size is what I think that really is going to bother um, UCF. But um, it is going to be a close game, and, and I do expect UCF to cover. You know, uh, Jim Moore, the old UCLA head coach and a former NFL co- coach, said, "I don't know what it is in the South. The boys are—they're just bigger." And I, you know, you know, he was coaching in the Pac-12. He saw these West Coast kids. We're all just trying to stay lean and surf, and these big boys down south—that's all they do—is just eat and play football. They're just bigger for some reason. Um, yeah, we'll see the speed. Uh, that's why I'm interested with that Oklahoma matchup with the big boys against the speed. But we'll get to that in a second. Did you go to every UCF game this year? I got to ask. I didn't. I didn't. Okay. Um, I, I went to about four. Okay. Um, obviously, being a podcaster isn't easy, so you can't attend everything. But I've been to four. I went to um, the college game day against Cincinnati. That's a big game. Yeah, how, was that? how was that, man? Because that's the first time ever they gave you guys a little respect. They put some respect on the Golden Knights. And what, Kirk Herbshee was down there? Did the, the, the guy, was it Lee Corso? Did he put the head on? What, what was going down over there? Well, it was fun. I actually got a chance to be uh, on the stage with those guys. Wow. And so I met I met Lee and Desmond Howard and the entire gang and uh, Tom Rinaldi and the and the cast. And so it was pretty fun. Um, Lee Corso, of course, putting that big UCF hat. I, I really think they were gonna uh, throw mayhem if he didn't choose the night hat. <laughs> it was gonna game. be a riot. You UCF thought you thought Khabib and Connor was bad. You thought Khabib and Connor was bad. Wait till you see what Lee Corso was gonna do when he didn't put that golden knight on. Exactly, exactly. Um, so uh, it, it was a fun, fun um, environment to be in. And if you weren't there for a school and, and a program who has never had the national stage, waited 39 years for their opportunity, um, the, the vibe was just electric out there. And then what about last year when the Griffins were there? Did you go? Well, I'm sure. Did you see Bortles too? Because I'm sorry, you were there. You attended university there, obviously. So I'm sure. Did you see the Bortles right. era, and then you, and then this era all come together? I, I didn't see the Bortles. Um, the Bortles was uh, pre Scott Frost. That was in the still in the George O'Leary um, oh, okay. era. Right, they, right. they had they actually have a uh, statue of George O'Leary um, at Spectrum Stadium. Uh, but I was there last year for the Griffin era. Um, Griffin, he might be. He might perhaps be in the Mount Rushmore's of the best UCF um, players of all time. Uh, this guy, we all know his background story um, with one hand, right. and he, he felt like he played with three hands. This guy was a vacuum. Mm-hmm. In the middle of the field, he cleans up everything from tackles to um, bringing pressure. He was a leader in the middle of that pack. Um, it, it helped because we had Mike Hughes, who was an All-American first-rounder, um, you know, a shutdown, a legit shutdown, number one corner. But right. what Shaquem Griffin did last year, putting UCF on the map, it's, it's second to none. I I feel like I remember this running back that went to UCF. The name has slipped my mind, but I feel like there's a big, bad running back that went to UCF, and he like had a, a rushing record for some reason. But I don't know. It may be another school, but for, um, for some reason, UCF is on my mind. Nevertheless, hey. we're taking the Tigers to chomp on the Golden Knights, sadly. But let's what what the let's uh, let's move on. Let's 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 talk the what else is the New Year's Six? It's Florida versus Michigan, right? That's a random game. I have no interest in watching that because everybody sit, <laughs> it seems like everybody's sitting out of these games now. Uh, what was it? Bush is not going to play for Michigan, and then right there's a lot of players that are preparing for the draft and, and, and um, also um, the prospect days when you know the scouts attend their. Um, institutes and yeah. get ready for to scout them so a lot of those players including Devin Bush will be there and Rashawn Gary who's supposedly to be in a top 10 pick and in this upcoming draft I don't think Florida's that good personally I don't know why they got a big New Year's 6 game and then Georgia so every SEC team if you're a decent SEC team you're getting a big bowl baby that's that's pretty much what the rule is nowadays that's the SEC bias <laughs> oh to, uh, easily if there was if there was three at-large bids in a college football they get all three at-large bids for sure but you know what? Let's talk the college football playoffs, Sebastian. 
Alabama, the big bad boy of college football, the dynasty, Nick Saban. He busted out that red coat yesterday. He caught off that jet. He was swagging. Everybody was just wearing their normal gear. He came in with the red jacket. He's playing Oklahoma. My guy, Kyler Murray, he said, I'm a little sick. I'm not going to do any of this media today. I thought it was hilarious. Baker Mayfield did this last <laughs> year. If there is a team that could beat Alabama, it'd be Oklahoma because they they're, they have the ability to put up the points, in my opinion, Sebastian. They have they can keep up with them offensively. Kyler Murray can give them different looks. It's the versatile quarterback, the dual threat that gives Saban problems all the time. The only caveat I have, though, is that Big 12 defense is scared to like touch people or to play a tight zone because the oh the Big Ten Big Ten rather Big Twelve rather terrible defense and Oklahoma is just really really bad. And if Tua's good after that minor ankle surgery, I think they're going to run rough shot win about by 10, 14 points. What do you think, Sebastian? Um, yes, and this is a very it's this is a fantastic match. Number one against number four, you have Lincoln Riley's explosive offense led by the Heisman Trophy winner and Kyler Murray against Saint Nick and and Nick Saban in that Alabama Crimson Tide defense. Um, a lot of X's and O's here. Right on the Oklahoma side, you have Kyler Murray, of course, and you have speedsters and we're talking speed 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 and vertical threats in marquise hollywood brown and cd lamb um who's coming to his own this season and then that going against that very woeful alabama secondary not a lot of people um talk about this alabama actually is in the third half in the ncaa um in that and they're back in on the secondary so they will be tested mm. now the question is this the question is this um the trenches Alabama just standing there frightens you when you look at both of the trenches, their offensive line and their defensive line. Right. How will Oklahoma's offensive line neutralize Alabama's defensive line to give Kyler Murray time to throw? Because we've seen this before. If you're going to be Nick Saban teams, you got to be a special talent. We saw the Cam Newtons of the world back in 2011. We've seen the Johnny Menzels in 2013. We've seen Deshaun Watson in 2016. So those type of dual threat quarterbacks gives normally gives Nick Saban problems. And, and Kyler Murray has those type of threats. Now, obviously, he's not the thrower that Cam, Deshaun, and, and Johnny Manziel is. But as in terms of playmaking with his legs, if he can buy time and that OU, the Sooners offense, can neutralize that Alabama defensive line, there's possibilities for big plays downfield. And you're taking... Uh, at the end of the day, I got to roll with Tide. I think the Tide will continue to roll. Um, this is this game is closer than what people think. So, um, yes. Alabama, uh, Alabama is really good, but the Sooners' offense is as advertised. They can really put up points. Um, but at the end of the day, whether it's Jalen Hurts under center or whether it's Tua Tagovailoa under center, the Crimson Tide will continue to roll, and I expect them to be in a championship game in Santa Clara. Alabama suspended three players uh, this week for violations of something, and it doesn't matter because they'll just replace it with another five-star recruit. And that's, that's, right. just, that's just what they do. The other half of the college football playoff, Clemson taking on Notre Dame in a battle of the softest schedules ever to make the college football playoff because, golly, if you look at the opponents that these two teams play to get here, you would just scratch your head and be like, man, how come Ohio State didn't get in? Or how come another champion didn't get in? But nevertheless, we gotta give we gotta give Dabo his respect. And Notre Dame is a money school. Just gonna call it how I see it. Sebi, I'm taking Clemson to win this game. I think Notre Dame is good, but not great. They didn't really impress me. There are NFL guys on Notre Dame's roster, but Clemson's defense is super nasty. They're going to do the damn thing. I'm taking Clemson to win by more than a touchdown. And my bold prediction is that Brian Kelly will be done at Notre Dame after this game. Wow, man, that's a hot take. Um, I will say this. Before this season, Brian Kelly was definitely in a hot seat. Um, but I think given the fact that he, they ran the table this year, they went 12-0, they might be a little bit more lenient up there. Oh, I'm saying, I'm, I'm saying, I'm saying he's done as he's going to go to the NFL. I'm thinking he's going to get a job. Oh. He's going to get another offer because I think it's time. He's even said it that Notre Dame is not a lifelong job. He's already put feelers out there before. I think he's going to go to the NFL. There's going to be a lot of openings. Denver's going to open up. There's, there's a, right. The Jets could be open for him. There's a lot of possibilities for Brian Kelly. 
there's a lot of possibilities there, and that's interesting. Um, I will differ to you and disagree with you in this aspect. Um, Notre Dame deserves to be here. Obviously, I don't think they're the four best teams. If we're just looking at the four best teams in college football, mm-hmm. I wouldn't rank them as the four best teams, but they are deserving to be in the top four. One, they ran the table. Yeah. Um, other Outside of Michigan and going into Virginia Tech and Blacksburg and playing those top defenses, they really haven't played anybody. Um, but when you look at the one-two punch in Ian Book and Daxter Williams, Daxter Williams ran over 1,800 yards a season, an explosive and dynamic playmaker in the backfield. Um, Notre Dame is is fundamentally sound. They're not flashy or flamboyant, but they're just fundamentally sound. They're kind of like the Ravens and Jim, John Harbaugh. They're not your flashy team, but they're disciplined and, and they're fundamentally, fundamentally sound. They're great in the trenches. They're great in the trenches. Yeah. So – they're always really good. You're right. And They're... so that's going to be a fantastic game to watch. Um, I do think at the end of the day, Clemson's front seven is the best in the nation. Mm. Um, you've, they've got four defensive ends that are going to be at worst in the second round in the NFL. At worst. And so when you can rotate guys like that, Brett Venable and Dabo Swinney has done a fantastic job over the last couple of years recruiting in Clemson. And I think I just think that front seven is going to be too much. Now on the offensive side, they can run the football with Trevor Satine. Trevor Lawrence is a true freshman. So there are uh, you know, mistakes that can be happening. And I think that's where Notre Dame can hang around. But at the end of the day, that that Clemson, that vicious Clemson front seven is going to be too much, too much to handle for the Irish. And sure enough, come 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 January 6th, I believe. Something like January that. 6th. We will have yet again Alabama. Versus Clemson for the fourth time, I believe, right? This would be the fourth time they're going yeah. at it in the college football playoff. Dabo, right. for people who don't know, Dabo's an Alabama guy, which is the funniest thing. Uh, and, and he, he, you know, don't, yes. I, he, he may be in line for, for Saban's gig in a couple years, but man, what he's done at Clemson is just unbelievable. Shout out to Clemson. Right. I love, I love when they run down the top of the hill, Sebi. They just start free falling down the hill and then they touch the rock. I love that stuff. I love, I love the traditions right. of college football. That thing, that stuff's hilarious. Right. Other bowls. I don't know. I mean, I feel like there's another, there, I don't really care about any other bowls, Sebi. I, I guess those are the more important bowls. Cause you know, there's, there's the, there's the red box bowl with, you know, organs in there. Shout out to Oregon. But you know, USC, that's my team. There's a lot of bowls. There's the Taxlayer Bowl. There's the Sun Bowl. USC USC didn't get anywhere near a bowl. Sebi, are you ready to talk some pro sports? The National Football League. It's the last week. It's the final week. No more Monday nights. I don't know if you saw the Raider game, Sebi. Did you see the Raider game? Yeah, I I saw the Raider game, and that could potentially be the last game for the fans out there in the black hole. Exactly. So. People were just going nuts. I love David Carr. Is it David Carr? Derek Carr? Heck, they probably were both there. They were embracing the crowd. Derek Carr. <laughs> they were all, they were hugging the black hole. They didn't want to leave. It was a beautiful sight. I hope they play next year in Oakland. Why would they play in AT&T Park? Why would they play in San Diego? Why would they play in London? Vegas kind of makes sense, but it's got to go out with a bang. The Raiders got to go out swinging. The fans got to come out stealing stuff. It, it wouldn't be an Oakland Raider game if it wasn't for fans ripping seats out of the aisle and taking home memorabilia. There needs to be a farewell tour for the Coliseum. In the end, both of those teams are out of the playoffs. So let's focus on teams that have a shot in the playoffs, Sebi. The big games. Have you taken a look at the at the standings right now? Because it's it's the Saints all the way in the NFC and it's you know it's looking good for the for the Chiefs right now in the AFC because the Chargers the Chargers kind of stunk it up Saturday night Sebby and I don't know if the Chargers are the Chargers are relying on the Raiders right now to get that one seed and that one seed is so crucial in the AFC you're going from holding everything in your in your stadium to going on the road and probably playing Pittsburgh or even Baltimore Jesus Christ, Sebi. Break it down, man. Let's talk some AFC. I don't even I'd even ask you if you're ready for the AFC. I just assumed it because you're a, you're the renaissance man of the sports. You always got something for every sport. So take it away, Sebi, because I need a little water. <laughs> oh man, interesting. Well, the AFC is is very crucial. Obviously, me being a Patriots fan, I, I, I guess a Tom Brady fan, you can never count uh, the Patriots out. Brady and Belichick, they've done it routinely every year for the last almost two decades. Um but uh, honestly, um, it, it pains me to say I think that um, there's a lot of teams this year. The AFC has been more wide open than previous years. Obviously, New England hasn't been going well. Um, lately, the Kansas City Chiefs, 
Um, I, I don't know what it is. Every year, Andy Reid teams come December, their feet get colder. As the weather gets colder, the, the explosive offense, offenses get colder. Patrick Mahomes has been really great, but that Kansas City team has just ha- hasn't been the same uh, the past couple weeks. And so I, I worry about them. And then you have Deshaun Watson, um, who's supposed to be the renaissance, the rebirth, the the next generation type quarterback um, for Bill O'Brien in Houston, who I think can be dangerous. But um, I, I'm going to take the Chargers this year. I, I think that the Chargers is one of the more complete, the, the most complete team in football, them and the Saints, of course. They can run the football with Melvin Ingram. They can throw, obviously, with Hall of Fame quarterback and Phillip Rivers. They've got speedsters out wide with Tyrell Williams, Mike Williams, and the route runner that Keenan Allen is. And then defensively, they can get after you. Bosa on one end, Melvin Ingram on the other end, Derwin James in the back end, and a legit shutdown corner in Casey Hayward. So the Chargers, to me, seem to be prime to represent the AFC, um, but I think a team that nobody wants to face is the Baltimore Ravens. Again, John Harbaugh, he's done it before, even with Joe Flacco. Now it's the, the Lamar Jackson era now, and they're led by the number one deep rated defense in the NFL. So I think it's the Chargers to win, although Philip Rivers has to show that he can win the big games, but a team that anybody wants to face is the Baltimore Ravens. Hey, look, I'm with you, man. I, the what the Ravens did to the Chargers and their strategies to their strategy to beat teams that keep away style, Sebi, it's working. And you got to commend Harbaugh for adjusting and adapting to his personnel. And you know what? I want to give a big shout out to Joe Flacco. I don't think Flacco's getting enough credit for what he's doing right now. Being the second string, and, and if you see him on the sidelines with Lamar, and even RG3 as well, both of those guys being absolute professionals for the team. And I'm with you, man. The Ravens are scary. The Chargers were 16-1 to go to the Super Bowl in the, in the in the beginning of the season. That would have been a heck of a bet. I took the Rams to go all the way. But the Chargers, I want them to get that one seed, but it'd be cool to be a wild card to go all the way. They're the deepest team, though, now that I think about it. They got there's every position. They got two people yeah, at least. They, every, in every position, position. They got somebody, and then the backup for that guy. Like they probably on right. paper deeper than the Chiefs, and they're better defensively than the Chiefs. So I wish that right. I wish they're, they're, they're yeah. landslide yeah. better than the Chiefs. It's just um, Mahomes is just Steph Curry this year, and he's going to win the MVP. And right. we'll we'll see. I think it's going to hold the Steelers though. The Steelers make the playoffs, right? The Steelers. The, no, the, they're not going to make the playoffs. Hot take, Sebi, right here. Well, the, the the Steelers are out. Um, they wow. would need the Browns to beat Baltimore and win against the Bengals to get in. I think they'll beat the Bengals, yes. but I don't. Be, I, I know Baker Mayfield is the future, and finally, other than Jim Brown, the Browns actually have a savior in Baker Mayfield. Right. But I don't expect them to go to MMT Bank in Baltimore and beat that vaunted Ravens defense. Um, so the Steelers disappointment, but they'll be out. And um, I'll throw a dark horse at you. The Indianapolis Colts, what Andrew Luck has done in the last nine games. Unbelievable. Uh, the, in, the Colts are winners eight of their last nine. In that time span, Andrew Luck has thrown for 31 touchdowns and four interceptions. Yes. Think of that ratio. I just so, want to say um, it's if a – the Colts get in, if the Colts get in, you know, perhaps they could make some noise. I don't really think so. Andrew Luck is a fantastic quarterback. Um, but that's a dark horse to really look out for. The fact that Andrew Luck didn't get voted into the Pro Bowl is a travesty, and that Tom Brady got voted in over Andrew Luck is a complete joke. Look at how he's look how the Colts are playing. Big shout out to the front office of the Colts for flipping those picks and rebuilding that line and and getting some protection for Luck and making you know what not ending up like Aaron Rodgers is in Green Bay. You know what I'm saying? Right. They they built around him. The Titans. I don't even know who shows up one week or the X with the Titans. So, but I'm with you with the Colts. The Colts are going to get in over the Steelers. Man, who's the other slot? The Chargers. Holy, the Steelers. That was my Super Bowl pick, Sebi. It hurts to see the Steelers because <laughs> I put money on them in Vegas this year, and it hurts to see them go out and not even make it. Can we talk some NFC? Can we talk my conference? Because my Rams are in the NFC, and I know they're the two seed. Right. And I know we're going to have to go through right. New Orleans. I know it's tough, but let's start it all the way down to the bottom because it seems to me it's either going to be Minnesota or Seattle for that last slot this weekend, if I'm not mistaken, because Minnesota would have to beat Chicago and they'd be in. It's not, it's right. meaningless for Chicago and Seattle is going to win. I think they play Arizona, but I, I, I think the way it works, Minnesota gets over in Seattle, which is going to suck because Seattle beat Minnesota badly. It is what it is. Kirk cousins, I think is overrated. What do you think, Sebi? Yes. The, the Seattle Seahawks will be the fifth seed. Okay. Um, 
Yeah, and so uh, the, the the interesting matchup here is the Minnesota Vikings at home against the Bears. Now, this is essentially a playoff game for Minnesota. It's you, right. you win and you're in, win and you stay in, or lose and you you fall off. And um and the Bears actually do have a motivation here. Um, if they win and the Rams lose, they get that two seed because they beat the Rams head to head. And so uh, the the Bears are gonna have something to play for. Um, this is an interesting game. Um. The, this is basically the game that Mike Zimmer and the, the Vikings officials in the front office paid all, the big bucks for um, Kirk Cousins to come to Minnesota to win them playoff games. Right. This is the game. You, we, we, we paid you $84 millions on a three-year span to get us here and to get us to the Bowl for these specific games against a pass rush like, uh, you know, Khalil Mack and, and these boys and the second-ranked defense in the NFL and the Chicago Bears. And so – um, a lot of expectations right now. You know, the, you know, Kirk Cousins has everything. He has Stephon Diggs. He has Rudolph. He has Thielen. Pro Football rated th- this team to be the best skill position team in the NFL. Wow. And so he has all the weapons at his disposal, along with Dalvin Cook. So I expect Minnesota to win, but this is this right here is a toss up, man. And if you know, if the Vikings were to lose, Saint Nick and and that up there in Philly, Saint Nicholas that and is Nick who that is in. who slipped my mind. It so. is my guy, Big Dick Nick. Nick Foles, a.k.a. Footlong Foles. <laughs> he does the damn thing. And you know what? Carson Wentz would look pretty good down the street from you, Sebi, in a Jacksonville Jaguars uniform. I'm just saying. I'm just throwing it out there. Possibility. Why would you go away from Nick Foles? The locker room believes in Nick Foles a lot, and they're winning games. The, the locker room believes in him. Right? They beat the Rams right, and the Texans. That's... Those are two of the top teams in the league. I, I think they play New York to end the season, if I'm not mistaken. They play the Redskins in 2017. You can book that. They'll beat the Redskins. They'll oh. just have their eyes on they'll have their eyes on the Bears in the Vikings game. Um if the Vikings lose, they get in. Well so. now here's the thing, Sebi. If that game is the is the nightcap, you know Kirk Cousins is gonna stink it up. Because Kirk Cousins is absolutely terrible in night games. It's a it's a day game. So fortunate it. for them. It's a one o'clock. Somebody, somebody flex yes, that right now. Game. Somebody flex that so I can bet <laughs> on the Eagles. <laughs> Who it's do a I got to call? Game, um, Who's the Sunday night game is the Colts and the, and the Titans. So. Yuck. That's got to get flexed, please. Somebody flex it. We'll see. <laughs> somebody flex. That's the NFL. That's our prediction. The wild card weekend is going to be great. Once it's all going to be locked in. Good. I'm trying to remember the four right. seed in the NFC. It's going to be Dallas, right? Dallas and Seattle. Yo, look out. Look out for that game. And then the three seed is going to be the Bears, Bears Philly, and then our Bears Vikings rematch. Either way, right? And then you know my guy, the Rams, Todd Gurley. I hope he's okay, because the Rams are great, but they're not deep, and that's the problem. Yes. Cooper Cup got hurt, and Jared Goff looks like he's lost, like his puppy got like sick at sea or something. And then you know the Saints are great. If you slow them down, you can beat them. That's my opinion. So right. what do you think of the NFC before we wrap up the football segment and drop a hot beat? Well, I'm sorry to just tell you. Um... You know, the road through the NFC goes through the Mercedes Superdome. No. And Drew Brees and that offense, they've got it up to T, him, and Sean Payton. So um, him and Kamara and Ingram, they call themselves Thunder and Lightning. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're going to be tough to handle, especially in that dome where they could put up points. Um, so, of course, the Saints are, are, are the team to beat. But I'll tell you this, a, a team that nobody in the NFC wants to face, including your Rams, Andrew Brees' Saints, and that will be Dangerous and Pete Carroll's Seattle Seahawks. Uh, uh, oh, um, yeah. I think other than the Saints, I think other than the Saints, they're the best team in the NFC. That That's no disrespect to your Rams. I like Sean McVay. I love Todd Gurley. He's my favorite back. Um, but, you know, these guys are proven. You know, they've been to two Super Bowls. They've won, lost one, won one. Russell Wilson has won eight playoff games. Five of them on the road. So as a fifth seed, the Seattle Seahawks aren't afraid to go into your building and beat you. So Seattle is definitely a dangerous team to keep an eye on the NFC. And before we go, Sebi, the NFL MVP is? My pick was Phillip Rivers before he stinked it up last week. But I think think now it's Mahomes to lose. Um, I think Mahomes has it now. 48 touchdowns. uh, 49, excuse me. Uh, so um, he's 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 right there with Peyton Manning to finish second um, for the record there, and so he has the numbers and he has the wins, and, and so you equate that together, that should be your league MVP. I was the last guy on the Aaron Donald bandwagon, 
So Bobby Wagner could get <laughs> so Bobby Wagner could get defensive player of the year because he's playing out of his mind. Uh, but it's gonna right. be it's gonna be Mahomes. It'll be the homie Mahomes. And uh, on that note, let's take a quick break, and uh, we'll come back with some NBA. We're back from our break, and uh, Sebi and I are going to talk some association. The Christmas games went down yesterday. Sebastian, I only watched Giannis crush the Knicks by 20, which is expected. It's the New York Knicks. I saw a little bit of the Thunder Rocky game. I, you know, I saw James Harden come out as the Grinch, and I thought, okay, they're going to win because he won outfit of the year already with that outfit, looking like a super Sharpie. And then skipped the middle game. I think it was Boston and Philly. Missed, missed it by her Kyrie. Untucked jersey Kyrie ring was hot. And then, uh, of course, you had to watch the Lakers and the Warriors. And the Lakers came out here and just squashed out the, the Warriors by 30. LeBron pulled his groin. It didn't matter because everybody was hitting their shots. Lance was doing the dance. Uh, the Lakers look great, and Draymond is a, looks a little washed, Sebi. Uh, what would you think of the NBA action yesterday? Um, a, a lot of games in, and uh, this obviously this is a tradition that they do every year. They put the most marquee games in Christmas Day. This is a, a, a tradition that dates back to the 70s. Um, so uh, great for the NBA. And we saw all the fine stars, the Giannis's, the LeBron's, the Curry's, the KD's, the Kyrie's, the the Embiid's of the world, the the Lillard's, the Donovan Mitchell's. And so um, this is this is great. And um, a lot of a lot of great games. You want to start off with your um, Lake Show, Los Angeles. Um, uh, what what a statement, you yep. know, going into Oracle Arena, um, LeBron, the best player in the world that he is dominating through uh two quarters there and then pulling his groin and then you're like uh oh okay well they go on an 11-2 run and then we think that the dubs you know we think that the warriors are going to come rolling and then you know luke walton has the guts to pull rondo out of the bench and insert him into the starting lineup and then he, he you saw right there um the leadership that he gave guys like kuzma guys like ingram and hart and so um you know that was huge because rondo's you know, leadership, he's been here for quite a while. Um, him and Stevenson are kind of like the leaders that are looked upon as the veterans mm -hmm. for the guys like Zubak, who played huge last night. Croatian Embiid. He's the Croatian Embiid, <laughs> Sebi. I'm, 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 I'm on, I'm right, on my right, hill. So, I'm on my Zubac hill. Right, right. So that that was an impressive win by the Lakers. And now we, 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 we see what happens now. You know, LeBron will be out for a couple of weeks and – um, we get to evaluate these young guys, the Lonzo Balls of the world, the Kuzmas, the Ingrams, uh, the Josh Hart's. Let's right. see what they can do now Consp because they've shown that they can go in a big stage and beat Golden State. Now, what did they do after that with their leader out for a couple weeks? And this is a wide open Western Conference. The Denver Nug Nuggets are number one right now, led by um, one of the league um, MVP candidates in Jokic. And so perhaps the Lakers can go on a run. We'll see. We'll we'll get to the Joker, my fellow big Serbian Nikola Jokic. I'll get we'll get to him in a second, but I wouldn't it would not surprise me, Sebi. LeBron is an evil genius. He's a mastermind. Maybe LeBron's like, it's it's now time to test my young core. I need to take a couple days off. It's the holiday season. Let me rest up because you know my groin was already kind of hurting. I'm gonna do a little sabbatical. Does anybody remember when LeBron came back year one with Cleveland? He took a random two weeks off in the middle of December and January. Well, surprise, surprise! LeBron is going to take another week or two off in the middle of January, ladies and gentlemen. And this is the chance, just like when Rondo went down and Lonzo rose up, this is a chance for the young core to rise up. Like Sebi just said, the Warriors went on a tear in the third quarter. They were trying to stomp on the, the neck of the Lakers. They cut that lead from 19 down to, what, 4-3? But bloop, bloop, bloop. It's all about the Rondo and Zubach pick and roll, man. Like, it's the coolest thing ever watching Rondo and Zubach work together. It's like the odd couple, like, in, in the South Bay D-League. It's it's great. Other than that, the, the role players were hitting their shots a lot. I don't expect them to do that. If the Warriors and the Lakers play in a series, I'd probably take the Warriors still in about six games. But it's it's a great showing for the Lakers. Uh, if I wish I was there, that way I could just laugh at everybody, like those just be that obnoxious LA Laker fan. But I'm sure you see at Magic Games and any other place you attend, anybody listening, you know that Laker fan who's there. You know that guy. Right, right, I do. <laughs> but other than that, the Lakers look good. The Warriors will be there. 
and the nightcap. I didn't even watch the the Blazers and the Jazz. I didn't even know. I don't know why that was a night game. I feel like Anthony Davis got gypped. He should have had it. He should have had a game. They swept Portland mm-hmm. last year. Um, right. They, maybe they should have done Giannis versus Anthony Davis. That's my spiel. I know it's the Knicks, but hey, I don't know why they're there. Maybe when Durant's on there next year, I get it. But nevertheless, that was our Christmas Day talk. Sebi, I know you mentioned my guy Nikola Jokic. He's got the Denver Nuggets in the one seed in the West. The best, not the best record. I think Toronto has the best record still, rather. But they're the best in the right. West. And when Jokic isn't grumpy Jokic, and he's not throwing air punches at referees and just pouting, he is a force. He is a seven-foot man, point center, and they run an entire offense through him. And it's not like he's deep in the post like Shaq. This dude is at the top of the key. Like, it doesn't make any sense. Right. It's, this is It's crazy. <laughs> Um, so yes, the the Raptors hold the best record in the association right now. Although Denver swept them this year, they beat them twice. They That's beat them right. at Toronto and they beat them in the Pepsi Center. So if they were to meet in a weird NBA Finals, Denver would hold home court. But we don't expect that. A to battle happen. of but, the colds. <laughs> but yes, Nikola Jokic. Um, I've said this before. He's the best player that you don't know about. Um, Nikola wow. Jokic is a seven foot two center. Um, a point center. Um, he ha- he's a center with point guard skills. Um, we, I don't think the league's ever seen anything like that. He comes from that uh, European system that is very skilled and methodical in how they, um, you know, breed their 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 prospects. And mm-hmm. so Nikola Jokic is the real deal. Yeah. Um, he can step out from 15 foot all the way to 28 foot and shoot threes. He can beat you inside. If you double him, he has the IQ to make the right pass and make you pay for doubling him. If you play him one-on-one in the block, he's a big bear. He'll just bully you inside and with his size and his frame. And so a lot of Denver's success with Mike Malone right now is because of Jokic. But um, let's be honest, Denver as a team is really good. You have Gary Harris. You have Jamal Murray. um, You've got guys like Paul Millsap when he comes back, and and they're pretty deep. Isaiah Thomas should be coming back in um, late January, early February. And then, of course, the jury is going to be out on out of, uh, Michael Porter Jr., who's supposedly supposed to be the next great generational talent. Right. And if that is to happen, we might just be seeing the next best team in the West for about a decade now because all these guys are young. Nikola Jokic just signed that big max deal, and um, they, they look for real. I'm not sure if I wouldn't take the Lakers in a seven-game series because of the experience that they have with LeBron and other veterans. Um, the Denver Nuggets may be a year ahead of schedule, but looking now and moving on forward for the next couple of years, Denver is going to be a real force of, to reckon with in the West. There's only one person that really shuts down Jokic in the NBA, and it's Boban. And it's because Boban on the and it's because those guys go way back to Serbia. Those guys known each other for their whole lives, right? And I just think Boban just Boban knows how to do it. He just gets in there and he blocks him. But Jokic is the man, and he's he's in the MVP talk. He has to be in the MVP talk. I know nobody talks about Kawhi and the media and the media wants Giannis to win it this year. So I'm all for. I know I I get it. And you know LeBron should have some love too if the Lakers pull out a great record, but. Like you said, Jokic. Wait till Will Barton comes back. Wait till wait wait till Ma- Isaiah Thomas plays and Michael Porter plays. And his team is really deep, very well coached. They're really deep, and it's they, a they hard. It's a nice and, deep. and it's a hard place to play. Denver, you have to land and you have to drive an hour to your hotel, and then you got to go. It's a it's a, it's a, it's a rough place to play on the road, especially with back to backs or in a series. It's tough. Um, yeah, Denver, it's really tough, and then they play in altitude, so that's never easy. Speaking of MB- <clears throat> Speaking of MVP candidates, Sebastian, there's not a, there has not been a lot of talk about Anthony Davis uh, for MVP. Everybody's talking about Anthony Davis going to the Lakers. And I know you're a Celtics guy. You're, you, you run with the Boston Green. I'm a Lakers guy. So it's pretty fun here. I'm, I'm a Lakers fan. I don't think he's going to come to the Lakers because I want him to. But if I'm Dell Demps and I'm an actual owner, you could probably get a better deal uh, than Lonzo Ball and Brandon Ingram. I want Anthony Davis on my team. Heck, it'd be great to have Anthony Davis, LeBron, Kuzma, and Hart. It'd be a fun, fun thing. And then you get your third guy. Maybe you get Tobias Harris. Like, who's going to be that third really good guy on the Lakers? But I really think Andy Davis will be shipped east, possibly to your team, Boston, or my sleeper, Sebastian, the New York Knicks. They have the pieces. If you, if you, if you go, if you, if I'm, if I'm New York, right, 
and I go to New Orleans, I'd be like, New Orleans, I can give you the number one overall pick. You have Zion Williamson right there waiting for you. And you know what? We'll throw in Frank Nilakina because we have no idea what to do with him. And you know what? We'll maybe even throw Kevin Knox in there just to sweeten the deal so you don't send him to the Lakers. Because you got that beats a Rogier and Tatum package, right? The, and it just makes sense for Davis to go east. They won't trade him in the west. My other sleeper, watch out for Milwaukee. I don't know why Milwaukee would not try to do this, Sebi. You already have Giannis. Why don't you package Chris Middleton, Thon Maker, and a pick and make it happen? And you got two of the craziest players in the East with all that length. And you you you, you, you still got Brooke Lopez in there shooting it from half court. I think it's fun, Sebi. So those are my picks. I'm going to go with New York 1, Boston 2. I'll go Lakers 3. I'll go Milwaukee 4. And you know what? 5 is he stays. Those are my picks, Sebi. You take it away. Well, um, it's it's fun because, you know, we're rivals here. L.A. Yes. and in Boston, this is a rivalry that dates back to the 60s with Wilt Chamberlain and Bill Russell and all those guys. So, But, um, yeah, yeah, Anthony Davis, he's he's the best big in the game. Mm. Um, I've always said coming out of Kentucky, he is Kevin Garnett and Tim Duncan. If they were ever to make a baby, that'd be Anthony Davis. Um, he's that good. Um, so um, Anthony Davis is as good as it gets. He does deserve all of the MVP um, considerations here. Now, here's the problem. The reason I don't think he'll go to LA is the things that you mentioned. I don't think that Alvin Gentry and New Orleans uh, officials do the trade that the Lakers want. They're not going to give, they're not just going to give Anthony Davis a top four talent in the NBA for scraps. So I don't think he'll end there. And I do think he'll end East. Um, I'm praying to the gods. I'm praying to the gods. He comes to my Boston Celtics. That'd be great to have a big, a big three with Kyrie Tatum and, 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 uh, Anthony Davis. That'd be great. Um, but you, you mentioned the Knicks and, and that's a, a bit peculiar because the Knicks one, it's, it's a big market. And two, they have all the money in the world, um, uh, to spend for him. And Jack Dolan, uh, is, is, and of course, uh, Fitzdale now, who's the coach right now is trying to create room and create an environment for to attract you know free agents right and pairing up anthony davis with kp and Kristaps porzingis is very enticing and not only that that's box office Mm -hmm. it's the mecca new york fans will come out they're gonna sell out tickets and that can be enticing and don't and and don't be surprised if the knicks um don't try to go for kevin durant this offseason as well oh yeah um they have enough money to perhaps get two max contracts much like the clippers do and so, um, uh, you know, I have to agree with you. Um, I, I think that he's going to be East. I, I'm not so sure about Milwaukee. Um, that's my prayer because I just think it would look cool. Who, who wants to go to Milwaukee? I don't think that that's a um, an enticing place. As you know, as as funny as that sounds, who wants to go to to, um, to Milwaukee? But um, I, I might have to agree with your 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 list there. I'm going to go Boston one. I'll go to next two, and then I'll follow that up with the Los Angeles Lakers um, for the sweepstakes of Anthony Davis. There it is right there. Anthony, I, I, New Orleans just seems kind of off. Like they're, It seems like they're a losing streak away from just cashing out and trading Holiday, maybe trading Miritich. Just trying to – they're, they're not in the playoffs right now as I look at it. It's just a bad situation. They got to find a way to win. And, you know, LeBron and the media are already like full board, the full court press of, you know, you got to leave and you got to move. It's a tough situation. If Davis leaves – uh, if and when he leaves, that could be the end of New Orleans basketball because it's a super small market. They already don't have great attendance. They have the lowest TV viewership in the league. What's you know that I and the the, own, the owner just died. The now the wife is running the team, so I don't know what Miss Benson wants to do. And you know, and we all know New Orleans is a Saints town. It's a Saints. It's a Saints everything. It's a football football town, right? Football city, football everything. The the, the Pelicans are just there. Like, if the Pelicans just played their home games on Sundays, uh, it, it'd be great because they're like, oh, okay, we got something to do on Sundays. But um, that's it. That's all I got for Anthony Davis. But you know who's my favorite player to watch right now, Sebi? It's what is it? It's Luka Doncic. This guy, Luka Doncic, right here. When I went to Greece this summer, I was watching the EuroLeague Final Four, and I saw my first peak of Luka Doncic, and I saw this guy breaking down grown men. And – and I, I saw people that I recognize, like Gustavo Ayon and and Rudy Fernandez and all these old NBA guys. And then I see Luka Doncic just doing step back threes. He was a little chubbier, 
just doing step back threes, going layups, won the final four MVP, beat EuroLeague. Dude, dude, I was just in shock how good this guy was. It looked like everybody on his team took cigarette breaks between timeouts too. It was hilarious. It was like the most European thing I've ever seen. Like the final, the final was in Belgrade in Serbia. So it was an Eastern Bloc country. They had flares indoors. It looked like a soccer match. It was great. And I, you know, if you can win in that environment, it doesn't matter what somebody says to you in Salt Lake City. Luca's still going to drain that shot. I'm all in on Luca Doncic winning Rookie of the Year. He should have been the number one pick. He would have looked amazing in Phoenix right now. He would have looked amazing in Sacramento right now with what they're building with De'Aaron Fox and what they got. Go- the- Fox is a- maybe an all-star this year. Fox is really good. He's really an all-star good. right now, really in my opinion. Atlanta traded for him for Trey Young. I get that. I don't even know who got number four. Didn't matter because Luka Doncic is my guy. What do you think, Sebi? Is Luka Doncic your rookie of the year? Uh, hands down. I've said this before I started making my rankings. People looked at me crazy. Mm-hmm. They said that, why are you picking Luka Doncic as your rookie of the year? I'm like, have you seen this guy? This is a guy that played in Real Madrid's senior team at the age of 16. He won uh, Eurobasket at 19. This is this, this guy is a transcendent talent. He's he's the next big talent from Europe. We all, we all heard about the Ginobili's, the Dirk Nowitzki's, the Kristaps Porzingis. He's next in line in that generation as the best European talent to come out. Now, Jokic, of course, is making a good case for right. that, but Luka Doncic is as good as it gets. Um, he's 6'8", built 220, and, and he's he's a point forward. You know, he he's great in a pick and roll. Rick Carlisle, the Mavs coach, said that um, he's the he has the best IQ he's seen since Steve Nash. That's high praise. You know, this guy... Damn, he, he Carlisle is a point guard coach, too. Yeah, he is, and, and he, he can drop dimes, he can run pick and roll, and him and Dennis Smith, that's going to be an exciting backcourt to watch in the next 10 years, building uh, for that decade then. So the Mavs really got something brewing for them in Dallas. But Luka Doncic, his step back, man. Does, doesn't he have the, the best step back you have seen since, since uh, you know, James Harden has a good step back, but his step back is like from Dallas, and then he steps back to Fresco. That, that's how, and he creates that much of a separation. So Luka Doncic, he's fun to watch. He's very unorthodox. Um, he's not like your like outrageously athletic guy, but he's right. really skilled um, at six eight, and and he can get any shot that he wants because of his, of his frame, and and he's he's really good to watch. And I think that real call out is gonna transform him to a good defender because he has all the intangibles. He has the frame to do it, the size. I, I think it's just an effort thing with him. Even though Luca, you know, on some advanced stance, he says he gets a little lost on defense. I think he just makes up for it on the op- on the offensive side of the court. He makes everybody flow and like DeAndre Jordan is having a little bit of a renaissance. He's shooting his free throws and his stats are now back up and everybody's a little better. Uh, Wesley Matthews is like having a comeback year now. He's the relevant again. They should probably trade him. And uh Harrison Barnes is there? Uh, you know, he's just there. But the rumor, yeah. the rumor, the rumor is they're going to move Dennis Smith Jr. That's the rumor I'm hearing that they may move him and try to get another shooter because Dennis Smith can't really shoot, and they already got Doncic to do everything that Dennis Smith does, except for dunk because Dennis Smith is one of the most ridiculously explosive people I've ever seen in the NBA, and he's just right. a fun guy to watch. Right, absolutely. It's going to be fun to watch. And another stat I'll throw here at you: uh, Dallas is tied for second in the NBA. In um, homes, in home wins, so they're building a identity for teams to come to Dallas and, and not make and making it a difficult place to play. Um, Luka Doncic is center stage in that, and um, you know Harrison Barnes averaging 17 points per game. You know Matthew shooting his threes. So Dallas is a very sneaky team. It wouldn't surprise me to see them as a seven or an eight seed this season. Very sneaky. The West is deep, but I do like Dallas. I think that's all I got the NBA talk because we just had some Christmas games and a lot of stuff is going to happen. We got the All-Star break coming in February. What uh, what team has surprised you the most in the NBA off the top of your What's, head? Uh, the team that has kind of surprised me the most, I, I would say the Bucks. I would say the Bucks. I always knew that um, there will be a day, uh, Alex, there will be a day that Giannis Antetokounmpo becomes the best player in the NBA. There will oh. be that day. It, I, I don't know if it's going to be in two seasons from now or three seasons for that, but there will be that day that LeBron and KD and, and these guys fade and Kawhi, Anthony Davis, and Giannis will be t- vying for that top spot. And I, I, I've always known that, you know, 
the Greek freak is the real deal. But what I'm seeing this year with him having an emphasis in jump shots, what I'm seeing from yeah. him is putting himself and saying, I'm attacking downhill and there's nothing you can do about it. What I'm seeing from him with that demeanor is 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 ridiculous. And I've said this, other than LeBron James, Mike Budenholzer was the second most important draft uh, free agency lure um, in that past one because they actually have a coach now. So yeah. what he's doing, with, what we what he's doing with Giannis is he's u- using him as an asset to penetrate, collapse the defense, and then kick it out for wide open threes for the Brook Lopez's, for the Brogdons, for the Bledsoe's of the world. And so the Milwaukee Bucks have taken a significant stride from what they did last year to this season. And um, they're the real deal. They, they're the real deal. I think they lead the NBA right now in point differential. And you're seeing why. Because of the coaching and the MVP caliber player that Giannis Antetokounmpo is. Yeah, they've been running that five-out offense with Giannis at the top. And, like, nobody knows what to do. Like, they try to play zone. And then they just find shooters on the corner. They try to, you know, and they, they try to spread out. And Giannis just splits the difference. See, this is the most points in the paint since Shaq. You gotta, since Shaq. You got to watch this guy. He's, he's unbelievable. He's unbelievable because it, when he puts his head down and says that I'm attacking the basket and there's nothing you can do. C- kind of compare with LeBron. When LeBron has a mindset and he's attacking downhill, there's nothing you can do about it. Think of that with a praying mantis that's seven foot long coming at you and that can dunk on your head. That's the Greek freak. I uh, I went to the Clippers Bucks game earlier this year so I could see Giannis in person. Got some good seats because yeah, nobody goes watch the Clippers. So I'm like, okay, let's go watch Giannis. And this guy, this is—you've never seen anything like this in person. Like he's the extendo man. I've seen, I've seen Miami LeBron in person, Cleveland LeBron in person, Kobe, Shaq. I've seen it all. This dude, John, like one dribble, this guy is taking you full court. It doesn't make any sense. He's uh yeah. There was a he's, he's he's a beast, man. There was a sports sign. He took two dribbles, got to the free throw line, and dunked it. Uh, amazing, transcendent talent. Make sure you guys uh make sure you guys check him out if you can. If he comes in a city. Near you, Sebi. Those are all the topics I had, man. Did you have any NBA talk? Is something brewing in your head, or are you good to go, my man? <laughs> I'm doing good. I was pleased to be on the show here today, and and I um thanks for having two legit sports uh here to find me. Um, you guys all know you guys where guys can find me the Sebi podcast that would be on my audio um versions on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify. Google Podcasts, and more, and my visuals, of course, on Instagram and YouTube. Um, and that's where you guys can find me. And remember, guys, that's S-E-B-Y Podcast. Find my guy, Sebi. He talks about it all, and he keeps it 100, guys. He, he, he doesn't shy away from his opinions. He, he, he's, all, he's not on the fence. He keeps it 100, and I had to have him on my show. He's got great content, and make sure you follow him. And thank you for coming on the show once again. I believe you're the last guest of the year. So congratulations, you're the last guest of 2018. Um, I look forward to 2019. I knew you were going to crush it this year at UCF and with your podcast and with your content. So uh, keep on rocking. And for everybody listening and all the new listeners that we brought in, thank you. You can listen to me at 2 Legit Sports on every social media. Make sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Google Play, Spotify, wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Once again, my name is Alex. Sebi, take us home. (laughs) Thank you for being on the show, guys.